0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 19 of the Value Adds Value Podcast, which was formerly known as the LED Project Podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we are so grateful and honored to have uh, someone who, are, who we are lucky to call a friend on our podcast. I'm sure you know him uh, from his hilarious YouTube, Instagram, Facebook videos. Uh, we had a chance to catch up with Gary Rooks. Uh, and for those of you that don't follow him, he's a principal in Lexington, Lexington Kentucky, but uh, he has a big following on Facebook and Instagram, and he uses humor to bring levity, but also share an incredible message um, with teachers. So we hope you enjoyed this. If you want to follow Gary, um, you can find him on all social medias as Gary Gary Brooks Print, but it's G-E-R-R-Y. B-R-O-O-K-S-P-R-I-N. You can find them on all social media platforms. If you enjoy the podcast, this episode, or any of our other episodes, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave us a rating um, because that's how we help. That that really helps us get our message out to other teachers and to people and continue to spread the word. So um, you can also find us uh, at Value Adds Value on Twitter and Instagram. But, again, we hope you enjoy this episode with Mr. Gary Brooks. Ready and hey. inspiring, teachers. inspiring teachers. That's a how to. You're listening to yeah. value adds value. Inspiring teachers. Inspiring teachers. That's a how to. That's our how to. You're listening to value adds value. value. Uh, get it? Uh, get value, it. Value. Uh, uh, value. adds value. You're listening to value adds value. value. Inspiring teachers. Yep. That's the how to. Value adds value. Inspiring teachers. Inspiring teachers. That's a how-to. You're listening to value adds value. Inspiring teachers. teachers. That's a how-to. how-to. You're listening to value adds value. Inspiring teachers. Inspiring teachers. That's a how That's a how-to. You're listening to value adds value.
1: Welcome to the LED Project Podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger. Unfortunately, Wilkie cannot be with us tonight, but we are super thrilled to have our friend and mentor and someone who inspires us greatly that we've been lucky enough to get to know, Mr. Gary Brooks. Gary, how are you? Hey, hey,
2: how are you? Long day, but I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, I saw on your Instagram story that you were having a a kind of a wild day. Yeah, just one of those
2: days where everything that can happen happens and I was out of chocolate on my desk, and that's never good, so I got a lot of heat from that. Just, it, that's just the way it is. So.
1: Sure, sure. Well, like I said, we, we have been lucky enough to get to know you through Teach Your Heart Out and the Pep Talk series, right. and we appreciate. We know your schedule is quite busy, so we appreciate you taking your time. So to, so to get people started, um, could you just tell kind of the story that illustrates why you got into the education profession?
2: Uh, well, just growing up, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I think you kind of know what your gifts are, even as a child and as a teenager. And so all the jobs that I took in uh, as a college student and, and a teenager were always camps and uh, working summer camps and working daycares. And so it was just a natural progression for um, you know working with students, something I liked. So it's just kind of something I always liked. My dad was a PE teacher. Um, and so it's just something that I always enjoyed. And um, you know, from the education frame, it went to the idea of, you know, do I have a different giftedness that might, might be used to better solve, uh, to serve kids? And that kind of uh, moved into the administration realm of it, where I can, um, you know, help out teachers to do a better job and protect their time for working with kids.
1: Mm. And in, in your time, how long have you been in a classroom? I'm not trying to date you, but how long have you been both a teacher and a principal?
2: I would. I have been a teacher for seven years and a principal for fourteen, so twenty-one years in education.
1: Wow! So the majority, ahead. the majority of the time, you've been in administration.
2: Yeah, yeah. I did. Um. Uh, I did uh, second, third, fourth, fifth. I did a uh, year of inter- uh, two years of math intervention, and then moved into an assistant principal, and then I've done thirteen years as a principal.
1: This is just a side question because. It seems different for me. You know, I got my teaching degree 10 years ago. Do you feel like teachers coming out of college, like programs now, are rushing more to get their advanced degrees like administration? Well, Ooh. I think
2: that, um, you know, when I, a lot of the colleges are requiring it. Um, so many of the, 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 the universities are requiring that you would get your master's degree. And um, a lot of the universities, it's actually within the program. Like, so when I was there, you get your degree, you can go back and get your master's that next year. Um, but a lot of the universities have tied that into a five-year program, Um, so we are seeing a lot of students coming out. Kentucky just moved it to where you don't have to have your master's degree anymore, and so I'm anxious to see what happens with that, but generally, um, you know, in Kentucky, they have to have it. Um, They have Mm -hmm. to have it within five years, so a lot of the students will go directly in there and get it, so when they come out, they don't have to worry about going to education, so we get a lot of that just because the universities are seeing the importance of it. Um, I'm anxious to see what happens in Kentucky now that they're removing that, but Right now, I think a lot of them just go ahead and get into it um, because states require it. They don't want to have to start teaching and then go back to school.
1: See, that's and, – and that's me where my question comes from because I've taught in Minnesota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Texas, and none of them required it.
2: Yep, yep. So Kentucky requires it. You have to have it within five years. Um, uh, and then you had, to, you had to have 15 hours completed within five years and 30 hours completed within 10. So you had to get your master's degree by then. And so most of the students were like, you know, I'm going to be too busy. I'm going to be crazy. Uh, they ended up having, the, you know, probably a better financial situation with the university signing into a master's program. Um, right. But the, the governor just pulled that back from us. So I'm anxious to see what happens with it.
1: Do you think that's something that should be required across the board to be a teacher? Uh,
2: you know, I, unfortunately, I don't. I, I know that that's, it, you know any kind of education is good. Professional development is always good. And, and that is a type of professional development but unfortunately it's, it's bogging us down with more money. Um, and so a good teacher is a good teacher. And if you've got four years uh, under your belt and you've got a year's um, worth of, you there? Yeah. yeah, there you go. And you've got a year's worth of, um, uh, of uh, practicum with somebody that's mm-hmm. good, <clears throat> that extra year is gonna be good, but what it's gonna do is put you more in debt. So right. I do believe that it, it's needed and I think that we need to be have, we, we should have required professional development I don't know that strapping teachers who already don't make enough money with um, uh, the the burden of a master's degree is. So, you know, I kind of go back and forth on that. I know a lot of educators say, oh, we need need it. We do. But, you know, can't we provide that high quality professional development while somebody is in the classroom so that it's job embedded and it doesn't strap them down with another $15,000 worth of um, college bills? Hmm
1: so you know Wilkie and I are very fortunate to have a lot of teachers in our life that have added value to us and especially over the last year yourself and Eric and everybody we've met through your heart out but is there someone on your educational journey that has really added value to you as an educator
2: yeah I had a a mentor principal um uh, he was actually one that interviewed for my position uh, my very first year I was there seven years and he was just an excellent example to me he um uh he you know he was always willing to talk, always willing to listen. Uh I liked his style of supporting teachers. And we are very different, which is kind of interesting. We always go back and forth about who's the better principal. Um but uh yeah, he was he, he was re- he was really good at his job. He always kept me focused on the students and always remembered to say, don't get wrapped up in the teacher drama, don't get wrapped up in what's best for the parents. You need to always focus in on what's best for um uh, the students. And he's still, you know, a very good friend of mine. So he was a great mm-hmm. example. uh, As an administrator, um, leading a very successful building, um, very respected within the community, and I love that he had built a family of his school, and that's really what I tried to emulate. And his example of we have built a family here, everybody wants to be here, these Mm -hmm. teachers have been here forever, um, uh, was just a really good example for me of the tone that I tried to set at the two schools that I've been in administration. So he did a great job. He's retired now, um, but he was you know a great mentor to me and somebody I could always go to and somebody I still call now. I don't mm-hmm. I kind of roll my eyes at him now because I'm better than him now that he's retired, but um, I used to listen to him a lot, but he's good. Right, he, right. It, was, it was great having him. So,
1: so um, I'm interested what what it's like being Gary Brooks elementary principal versus being Gary Brooks, the elementary principal from Facebook and YouTube and right. was on CNN a few weeks ago. Right. How do yeah. you strike that balance between <clears throat> your school commitments, and and the work that you do outside?
2: Right, well, school is school, and I I do think that we're a fantastic place. I think that we work really hard to support each other. I think we have our ups and downs, but um, I think that we have created an atmosphere of love and encouragement and support at our school, so we're at a great school, but we are a school, and so when there's a problem, we're going to have a discussion with it. We're going to support each other. Um, You know, a lot of people say, oh, it must be unbelievable to work at your school, and I do think it's so much better than a lot of schools, but we're still a school and you still have lesson plans and you still have parent-teacher conferences and you still have parents screaming and yelling at you. Um, it, you know, it's, it's easy to be fun for a three minute video. Um, and I, you know, that is my personality. People will say, Oh, I feel like I know you, they do know me because that is my personality. Um, but I'm a lot more extroverted than people think, um, uh, that, you know, that is a character of making fun of the things that we go through. So, um, it really is an offshoot of my personality in our school because we make fun of the things that we, that happen all the time. If something humorous happens, if we get screamed at in the car rider line, we turn it around, we laugh about it. We joke about it. Um, you know, I'm just having the blessing now of being able to make a video about it and, and being able to get some support from teachers all over the world that went through the exact same thing. So, um, you know, we have a great time, um, but we're a school. And so if you come in there, you're, you know, you're not going to be seeing us doing cartwheels and, you know, chasing clowns around the building. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I I do think that it's a much better place than a lot of schools to be able to work at. And and we really focus in on climate and culture. And that's really what all the videos are all about.
1: So with that, you know, like I said, we've been lucky enough to get to know you and see you speak several times and and see the serious serious tone and the serious nature of the talks Mm -hmm. you give but how have you worked to find the balance between using the humor to, but delivering that, that message that, that teachers really need? Well,
2: I think that the humor um, uh, puts you in a family and I think the seriousness puts you in a stronger, encouraging family. So you know, to me, when I go out and speak, and, and you know, even with my book, the way I've written my book, or, or even when I talk with the teachers, using humor to introduce something, um, uh, especially on a video, um, uh, it, it lightens the load to know that everybody has been through that same issue in the car rider line. Everybody has had that parent, everybody understands the stress of test. And then when we talk about seriousness, about how to change things or how to deal with a parent or how to deal with kids or how to deal with, uh, you know, testing, um, then I'm able to make it a little bit more serious and share some of the things that I've learned, but the light tone of it, you know, again, makes it feel like you're talking to a friend and, we're all in this together and I know this and I'm not coming at you going, I'm a principal, you know, you need to listen to me because I know um, I'm coming at it as, you know, I dealt with this exact same thing you dealt with last week. um, And it was absolutely hilarious. Now let's look at the way we handled it and how we can improve on handling it or how we can get through it to make sure that we're doing the best we can. So the humor has really Mm -hmm. helped to me bond the people that are following me, the people that are in my audience, the people that are reading the book. um, And then it allows, um, it allows them to be more open to me saying, okay, now we laughed really, really, you know, we, we laughed a whole lot about somebody not having lunch money or somebody bringing in, you know, allergic peanut butter sandwiches to lunch. Now let's talk seriously about it uh, for a minute and talk about the repercussions and, and what that means for us as educators. So it's been, it's been a really good mix. It really has.
1: hmm And you know, there were, there were a few points in the times we've seen you, seen you speak that really stood out to us. We wanted you to, to elaborate for our podcast guests and for people that may not have seen you. And the first one is when we were in Las Vegas, you talked about how important it is for teachers to understand that parents, regardless of how they show up to you, just want what's best for their kid. Could you right. talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we really have to think about that. We, you know, we get screamed and yelled at all the time. And whenever that happens to me, you know, I really want to take a step back and say, why is this parent screaming and yelling? Because I know they love their child and they want what's best for their child. I do too. So where have we come to this division where I'm getting screamed at? Um, And so that's just one of the things that I really talk about that's very important is that as we deal in education, um, we have dreams and aspirations for our students, but we have to remember that parents have dreams and aspirations for their children. And the bottom line is we're going to have them for a year, two, three, four years, but these parents are going to have them for a lifetime. And so that's one of the big focuses I have is to help us understand that, um, you know, that parent that drives everybody crazy wants what's best for their child, just like you do. Um, and so when we're dealing with those parents and they're screaming and yelling about their child, not getting enough time on the basketball court, or they failed a test, or, you know, you're not happy, you're not nice to them or something's happening. Um, you know, we really have to s- just take a step back and say, what is that parent saying instead of how they're saying it? Because I know that this child really, this parent really and truly wants what's best for the child. I want what's best for the child. So we're gonna to have to be able to bring this conversation back down to professionalism and, and decide together what is really and truly best for the child because that's exactly what all parents want. We just have to be able to get on the same page with it.
1: Yeah. And I think you may, the point you make is is it's so hard to to have that empathy and understand that that that's and especially for me and I know my teacher's not uncommon or my my story's not uncommon that I was a Midwest kid, small town who wound up teaching in a big city because that's where a lot of us wind up going. Yeah. and we're in a culture that we know nothing about. So it's really it
2: yeah, absolutely. It
1: took me a long time. So when we saw you in Atlanta, uh one of the things you talked about was the importance of everybody on your team getting on the same page and right. um the way that we have the power to control our teams and our school's culture. So can you talk a little bit about that as well?
2: Yeah, I, I mean you have to be on the same page um and you know I I, I say you know when you're not on the same page you're causing climbing culture problems. And so if you've got a team or department that comes together and plans and everything seems great, and then you have one teacher that goes back and does something completely different, then it's a climate and culture issue because the teachers walk by her classroom and she's got it decorated differently, or they are hearing a different story being read that that was chosen. And when that happens, it causes climate and culture problems. And so it's not that you have to do everything alike. Um, You don't have to walk out of a planning meeting being on the exact same page with that grade level or that department but you need to walk out of there having planned together and you being able to say, um, you know, I think this is a great idea. I love the story that you've chosen, but my kids aren't at that level. So I'm going to do this. Or, you know, I think that this book would be a better high interest um, uh, story for my kids. So I'm going to use this. So getting on the same page doesn't mean following someone blindly or doing everything that they think. Um, it means making sure that you communicate. Um, and so if you're bad mouth in the principal, you're bad mouth in third grade and you're in fifth grade, you're bad mouth in the, you know, the physics department, you're in English, then you're causing climate and culture problems. And you have to be able to communicate and get on the same page. um, Because when you're in that argumentative state, it rubs off on the kids, it rubs off on the family, and it it brings climate and culture down.
1: Mm. And then the last point, uh, this was one you also made uh, in Atlanta, was when you told the story about if someone gave you a Reese's peanut butter cup versus Swedish fish,
2: right? and, And
1: how the meaningfulness of that.
2: Well, I, you know, I just encourage everybody that one of the things you can do uh, to, um, you're giving away my whole story now. Now people are not going to want to come see me. Um, One of the things that that you can easily do um, uh, is to find out what your teammates like and and, and get that for them. And I tell everybody that we email out and we ask all of our staff um, for their favorite um, candy, their favorite salty food, and their favorite drink that they're allowed to drink at school. Um, And then they send that back to us and then we know what they like. And so if they're having a really bad day, Um, We can encourage them when they come in the next day, then we've got the exact candy bar they like and the exact drink they like. And um, people, when I first started speaking, were kind of blowing that off. And they were saying, oh, great idea. I'm going to go get candy bars for all my staff today. And and my point was not just to get candy, but to get that specific candy, because, you know, I love Reese's Cups. I love Hershey bars. I'm fat. I love every candy. But if you were to bring me Swedish Fish, then I know that you know me well enough to know that that was my favorite candy. And you were either at the store and saw it and thought of me, or you purposely went to the store and spent your money on something that was for me. Um, And you know, the same with a kid too. It's like, you know, knowing a kid likes Pokemon and being able to talk to that child on the recess field about Pokemon, because you know that he loves that. It's the Mm -hmm. same way with a teacher. You know something personal about a teacher that you're going to stop by the store and get her a Fresca because that's her absolute favorite. You're not just going to get her a Diet Coke. You're going to get her a Fresca because you know that's what she likes. And that, that just becomes a personal thing. Um, and, it, and again, it really just helps us to be able to bond together. And it's a climate and culture changer.
1: Mm. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I bonded with you over that. Cause Swedish fish is my, my is favorite it? thing as well. <laughs> and cool. every time I'm in the Walmart, I see like the five pound bag of it and it takes everything good. I have not to, uh, well, the
2: new, um, the testing thing was, um, uh, it's officially over is the new one on Pinterest. And so our PTA did that. So we had, um, we had um, fish all over the place when mm. it, it's officially over with a little single one. So I went and took them off everybody's door and said, I'll trade you chocolate. Come switch them out for me. So.
1: Perfect. So, so back a little bit. Um, I do want to hear what the experience was like of, of being on CNN.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was very interesting. Um, uh, they had contacted me a while back when we were having um, uh, the, um, the the pension um, rallies Mm -hmm. and so I had done an interview, um, just a phone interview with them, and so they kind of knew me from that, Um, and they emailed and just said, you know, we know this is blowing up. It's a really hot topic. Would you uh, like to come on and talk about it, and um, they sent somebody down, and I had to meet him at 4 a.m. I don't don't ever do anything during the school day, so they were Mm -hmm. like, can we come to your school, and I was like, no, you can't come to my school, so um, they came down, and it was just one man, one guy that he drove down three hours, and I met him at one of the local hotels and they, it was one of our parents' hotels and she gave us a conference room and he kind of set it up. And, um, uh, we just kind of sat there for an hour kind of bonding and talking until the live morning show came on. And then it was just boom directly in there. It's a great experience. Um, because you know, you've got a headset in and you're listening to what's going on and, um, you're getting to see what's going on on the show and then all of a sudden, boom, you're up. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it ends. Um, but the, the, the great part about that was, is how much it was picked up past that is once you get that avenue, then, you know, I've got CNN calls for, you know, articles and I've got other ones and it it was just, it's a great experience. And that is what has been the biggest gift about this. Um, uh, Not only meeting new people, but the biggest gift is being able to have a platform. And I love Mm -hmm. um, being known as an educator so that when there is an issue like this, I can stand up and I can have that voice because, you know, a lot lot of people don't have that opportunity. And so I love um, being in this platform where, i have known that that way. And when they say, okay, let's get a clip from somebody. Let's get an interview from somebody. What should we do? I love being able to be the one that steps up and be able to support educators that way.
1: Mm. And on the topic of platform, your, your book, go see the principal, you know, just came out last week. So what made this the right time for a book for you?
2: Well, it was, um, uh, that was another thing too. Somebody saw news, uh, you know, somebody saw a news clip somewhere. Um, folio um out of new york and one of the agents said gosh this looks like a hot topic they kind of look at the, fo- the the social media of it and they thought you know they said we really think this would be an excellent you know opportunity to be able to push something out so i just think it's the atmosphere that we're in um, uh, you know we've got lots of strikes going on we've got lots of um, uh, school drama going on and so education is in somewhat of a focus so i just think it's been a real blessing of a, of a time frame to say that we need the humor we need the relaxation we need the encouragement we need the support and so folio reached out and kind of shopped it around with some um some publishers and it just kind of took off from there it took about uh eight months to write um and it it came out uh it was it's was been on pre-release for about a month and it actually was shipped out last week and it's doing mm. it's doing phenomenal so far
1: mm. yeah congratulations on that we're super yeah, impressed by you and doing that so um, yeah, we, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. So a couple, couple – wrap. Up, there was a side, one side question I was going to ask you about that, but I, it must not have been that important because it slipped on. I side, yeah,
2: got, side, got sidetracked. You know, side-tracked. Uh-huh.
1: So, so to wrap up the podcast, one, one thing we like to ask everyone is, is, what is the one thing you think every kid should be taught?
2: Um, I think every kid should be, ta- uh, should be thought, taught empathy and sympathy. Um, I, it's, it's, it's one of the, one of the struggles that we had with my own kids when they went through school, they were at a very small school. And one of the programs that, that the struggles that we see with um, our kids in our Spanish immersion program, because they start in kindergarten and they go up with the same 60 kids is sometimes they can uh, lose sympathy and empathy for each other. Cause it's a brother sister situation. They love each other so very much. And they, you know, they get on each other's nerves so very much. And sometimes it's real hard to have sympathy and if, empathy for your brother and sister. And so that's one of the things that we really teach them, um, to have an understanding of what somebody else is going through. Um, because just because you don't think, and this is a bullying issue, um, you know, parents scream and yell bullying all the time. 80% of the time a child's not being bullied. Somebody was mean to them. And there's a big difference between being mean to somebody and bullying someone. And part of that bullying is the lack of sympathy and empathy is that I don't understand. I need to have the sympathy to say, I don't like your shoes. And, and that I need to understand how that person felt about that just because it wouldn't bother me, just because, you know, that's not a big deal to me doesn't mean it's not the same for anyone else. And I think that sympathy and empathy and helping kids to be able to understand how other people are, are feeling and what it means when you don't invite someone to a birthday party or when you're playing a game and you don't invite someone and, you know, why we don't pick teams anymore in PE and, you know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that that's something that has to be taught and modeled. It can't just be assuming because then we have really sweet, quiet kids that understand because they have so many feelings. And then we have a lot of kids that don't. So I think that we really need to make sure that all of our students um, learn and develop and are able to show sympathy and empathy for other people.
1: So for the people that want to connect with you, find you, see your tour dates, figure out where they can get with you. What are the best places for them to do that?
2: Uh, Facebook. If they want to message me, Facebook comes directly to me. And so mm-hmm. if they if they message on there where it says send a message or something it comes directly to me, uh, you know sometimes it gets very overwhelming. Uh, I try to always look at those comments on a video if if somebody's really wanting to talk directly to me. Sometimes I get you know a thousand, so I always read those. Um, but if they really want to get a hold of me, that's the place. I also have a web page, uh, which is Gary Brooks P R I N Prin. Print. That's my all of my social media. Um, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, and, and or, uh, my webpage is G-E-R-Y-B-R-O-O-K-S-P-R-I-N. And so on there, you can find tickets to my events. Um, you can get articles that I've written. You can get links to where we're going, links to the videos. Um, so any of those social media, as- uh, those aspects, they all have the same title on them. And um, they all come directly to me. So if they want to talk something specific, they can um, you know, message me on Facebook, comes to me events and things they can google it or get on uh gary brooks print and, and find out wherever I'm, I'm gonna be i'd love to have everybody
1: hmm. and we're excited to see you uh at the end of next month we'll be on next the uh, yep the, the cruise we're you looking forward wait to,
2: to cruise with 600 teachers how fun is that gonna be oh, Man, <laughs> i
1: just hope i don't get sunburned
2: <clears throat> it's gonna be interesting for sure
1: yeah yeah Yikes. and and there's a pep talk event the night before isn't yeah there? there's
2: a pep talk event with um uh Beth from That's uh, Inappropriate and uh, um, Joe, um, Dubro- I always say his name wrong, Joe Dabrowski, uh, Joey D. Um, and that's the night before. And that's kind of, a, uh, it's its complete comedy. You know, my events mm-hmm. are um, comedy mixed in with some encouragement and some, you know, not necessarily professional development, but just some things. And so this is complete comedy uh, mm-hmm. for comedians. We get up there for 30, 45 minutes. It's just a real fun night. Mm-hmm. And then we jump directly on the teacher, uh, the teacher heart out cruise. Um, and we move from there.
1: Awesome. All right. So final question we got for you at the end, as an educator, what do you want your legacy to be?
2: Um, I want my legacy to be truly that I support teachers um, because uh, it is about kids and it's about parents. But for me in the position that I'm in as a principal, um, uh, the legacy is about about giving up the idea that I want to be the one working one-on-one with kids and trusting that I am working with the people that are doing that. And so uh, that was a lot, that was a big give up for, for for me as a classroom teacher and people say that all the time gosh I don't know that I could do that and and I, I want the, the the one-on-one with the kids it is hard knowing that I have 750 kids and not 25 anymore but you know I really want my legacy to be that he paved the way for others to do their jobs which affected the kids um, because as a minister I've got 750 administrator 750 kids I can't do the one-on-one I can't do the touch every single one and help them out but I can help my 33 teachers um, to be able to do that. So really, I think that's it. Supporting educators um, uh, is, would, would be a great legacy to leave behind.
1: Mr. Gary Brooks, thank you so much for taking some time on our thank podcast.
2: You. Appreciate it very much and can't wait to see you in June.